Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Rusty Quill presents. Hey everyone, Alex Italanda here, and welcome to our bonus content as we work on putting Ostium Season 6 together. We're continuing with our Behind the Ostium series as we go in-depth with the making and discussion of how each episode of Ostium came to be, as well as much more. I am joined by Dwayne Farver, a big fan of the show and creator of the spin-off podcast, Manifestations. If you enjoy the Behind the Ostium series, you can get full access to over 50 episodes right now, by supporting Team Ostium on Patreon at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. You'll also get access to a bunch of other bonus content on there too. Once again, that's patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. We'll continue working on getting Ostium Season 6 ready for release in 2022, but for now, sit back and enjoy another episode of Behind the Ostium. Alright, who else we got? 
I can't not mention Robert Heinlein because um, I think the book that I like the most of his is The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, it's the probably the most political book mm-hmm. um, that he's done. Strictly political. Right. right? Yeah. His books deal all deal with politics, but... Um, but especially with, with uh, sovereignty and the idea of, you know, colonizing and then the people, you know, which, of course, is very familiar with people wanting to become their own independent, you know, country or planet or body. And and how the the colony is used by... Um, they're, they're a resource more than um, they're, they're, they're considered less than mm-hmm. because their their only worth on the moon is sending resources back right. to the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, especially because they were started as a penal colony. Yeah. Um, but, but now there are quote unquote free people on the moon that can't return. Uh, I'm not sure of the science behind that, um, that someone born on the moon would never be able to to live on the earth but um... uh well did you read i was because i remember we were talking a little bit about the ian mcdonald luna series no i didn't okay because that's and that's obviously doing a lot of homage to this where they've colonized the moon pretty well and there's different um dynastic families that control different uh resources on the moon there's like a, an australian family that controls what resource it is it's like generating power in some way another one is generating water because water is so important and air and things like that and that everything's controlled and measured by what you have and what you can use um but i remember the i reread the series recently because the third third book came out which i wanted to reread everything before that um but the rule was there is the i don't know what they called it like your moon date or something it was and basically the his i think which was an office science is the if you spend two years on the moon by then your body would have acclimated to the the gravity of the moon so much so that if you went back to earth it'll be like you know you're being crushed under and your body just wouldn't be able to to live that way of course then he went again went ahead and he said this and then what you do as a writer is when you set a rule, then you try your best to break it, which is what he did in the second book when he has a character go back to Earth and then try to meet with someone. But he's basically like barely staying alive and then does manage to get off the planet alive. But it's almost destroyed by it because the gravity is so strong. It takes its toll on your your body, your lungs, your heart, just anything having to fight to survive. Um, so I think that's probably where that was coming from. There is probably some science behind it. And, and Heinlein dealt with those same things where the people from the moon did have to go back to Earth um, and they were using um, technology to limit the the effects. Like they mm. were using a, a, a type of waterbed yeah. um, to, to limit the, the effects of the higher gravity that they weren't used yeah. to. Um, but I, I loved in the, and the book... Swimming, how, I think, probably too, right? <laughs> I, I think in the book they... They really, he did a really good job with fleshing out the government there, how things mm-hmm. ran. Um, they left a real big, he left a real big opening with the the structure, the infrastructure on the moon. You knew, you knew there were domes and there were connecting tunnels that were, you know, built uh, into the base, the rock of the moon. But the the actual layout, you didn't need to know. Um, that you knew that there was a computer controlling things right. um the, like it was controlling the shipments of grain that they were growing on the moon that was going back to the earth because the earth had too many people to and it couldn't yeah. feed them and they needed the food right yeah 
which is and uh, and as they were sending grain back, they were not only sending back grain, but they were sending back water. Right. And water was a limited resource on the moon. It, mm-hmm. they, you couldn't recreate it. They had highly uh, effective filters, so that all of all of anything that went down the drain was somehow recycled. Recycled, right? Yep. Um, so they they were completely 100% water independent except they were constantly sending some of it away back to earth and they weren't getting anything back, back right. from the earth they're just giving so, up. yeah mm-hmm. so the, and so that causes the 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 revolution that and the, happens in the, the book the conflict literal and metaphorical <laughs> um i'm just thinking here as you're describing it here too again you're doing a lot of um which the author was obviously intending of you know colonizing a moon it's you know, it sounds like a for- very foreign and strange thing to, to try to wrap your mind around. But again, you're studying it in these familiar things of we need water, air, food, shelter to survive. These are all things we can totally relate to as human beings and have no problems stretching our mind then to, well, if we're going to set that up on the moon, that's what we need to have. And then the, the power struggle of governments. Again, we're exposed to that daily, too, in our lives. That That's something, one that is always going to come into a big play, you know, when we eventually colonize other planets and things like that but it's something that the reader can immediately connect to and then have an opinion and a stance on one way or the other and i think it, it tied in a lot with the political thing at the time of just you know separating from the world government controlling you know um capitalist government sort of thing and being more independent and, and free and I, I first read it when i was in high school mm-hmm. so um i think that colored my view of the book um, because I was like, this is, the, it's a story set in the future on the moon, but it could be any colony on any continent here on the, on the earth. Um, we, right. we, we, it, it could it's be basically, an, an uninhabited island in the middle of nowhere that gets taken. Yep. And, uh, it's basically the author saying we haven't really learned from past history with the, right. the way we've And as we talk about colonized. this, I can't help thinking as we start to, um, entertain the ideas of sending people to Mars, What's that going to start up, you know? All these different things. And the the one factor that a lot of uh, people don't talk about with Mars versus colonizing the moon, um, obviously it's the distance, but also it's beyond the heliosphere, which is this nice protective ring we have around us that protects us from radiation. And Mars doesn't have that at all. And it's going to make it much harder to even try to survive there. So I don't think that's going to work out. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a lot of limiting factors about Mars. Yeah. That, um, the idea is very cool, but <laughs> ideas. I'm behind. I'm behind going there, but as a colony, that we're going to need, yeah, domes or, or you know, all right, outside my lifetime, terraforming. You know, there's a cool uh, video game I've been playing called Surviving Mars. It's kind of like a civilization type thing where you're building stuff up, and it's very like therapeutic in that way because I love that sort of game. But and then they just introduced. Um, the new expansion green mars where you actually do terraform it by like melting the ice caps <laughs> uh building tons of factories to make co2 <laughs> um and then also like grabbing asteroids and slamming them down to the earth onto down to the planet which causes mars quakes but eventually <laughs> you terraform <laughs> uh what else did you have oh yeah hitchhiker's got to the galaxy too right Yes, I, I'll admit I have not read the books, uh-huh. um, but I, I did enjoy the BBC miniseries <laughs> from the 80s. Um, the, 
the the recent movie was okay, but I the the eighties. Um... Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. BBC miniseries was, was much better. Um, and that and was the, uh, the trilogy that ended up, well, it's called the trilogy, but it's five books, right? Correct, yeah. Um, and, and that's just one I, Douglas Adams is a, is a I don't think I've ever seen another writer exactly like him mm-hmm. because he he puts you in very mundane situations even when it's fantastical um like all of the aliens in in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy are like from the very they're either very bureaucratic or you know just very stereotypical like he took a stereotype from you know someone here on earth and just expanded it to its absurdity and and that's what that alien race became um so yeah i mean the and, and of course you know you, you just never leave without a towel i'm like oh, oh, it makes sense now as an older uh, person now i'm like yeah i can see the uh, benefit of having a towel um, now, I, again, I don't know. I haven't actually looked into the history of this with the writing of the books, uh, but I've read them all. Um, but I do feel, one, they're, they're a lot shorter than your usual big, heavy fantasy books. Um, but I do feel this was very much a, a writing as he went along, kind of flowing with the story, throwing stuff in there, trying stuff out, and not necessarily world building. This is my crazy world with all these jokes and stuff I'm going to put in there, and then I'm going to set my character in there and have it go. I think it was much more of a um, almost stream of consciousness. He was writing along and he's just because he's a funny writer, he was able to put jokes in as he was going along. And then because I think in a lot of the books, too, they they start off on a different tangent. They pull some details back from the world going on. But in a lot of cases, they just keep going on their own separate tangent. Um, 
which I think leads into how he was just writing off the fly almost like as he was going along going with his characters and putting in as many jokes as he could so that's a little different I think from your more your not traditional but your other way of doing it where you have your world building set up beforehand before you start the story no that makes a lot of sense um I don't the, know this for a fact, but that's my belief. <laughs> from it, it, it very well, it very well could have been that way. Mm-hmm. Now, that you, now that you say that, thinking about it, I'm like, if if it was not done that way, and he did it intentionally, so the reader would experience it that way. But I'm just thinking about how, after experiencing the miniseries, it's like, if if you didn't watch it from the beginning, you were probably totally lost. Right. So. Whereas I think maybe with the books, it would have been easier to pick up a book here or there and, and carry on. But with the miniseries, you you were going to be totally lost. Mm-hmm. And then you also mentioned Terry Pratchett, who is a definite, uh, who's definitely influenced by Adams. Yes. Uh, the, the, the Discworld series, mm-hmm. um, I, I, and I, I actually have seen some of the the movies mm-hmm. or made for TV movies right. that they, they made off uh, like Hogfather mm-hmm. um, was one. And um, again, very, very, very humorous and very, the Discworld is something that it seems like he's put a lot of thought into the different yes, areas of the Discworld, so. yeah. the different characters in the Discworld. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it, I don't think it would be um, as enjoyable if it wasn't as fleshed out as it is. Right. Yeah. Again, I don't know. I've done, I'm still not very around to reading them, but I've always been intimidated by when I've asked various people, well, what's the first book of the series? Where do you start? And no one can ever actually give me a concrete answer because it's more like, well, this is this part of the world. This is this part. And sometimes they cross over. And so again, it might've been a similar thing where his first few books were just random tangents. But then as these tangents started filling in the world more, they started crossing over a bit. And that's when he had to flesh out the world more and then be able to build it into its big, huge sprawling complexity. But again, he has, um, I, I can't really say again because I haven't read it, but I think again, he has set rules that he does within the world so that when you're starting another book, it can feel totally different, a totally different and strange place. But because you know the rules from the previous books, you're still grounded in what's going to happen or where you're going to go and stuff like that and what can happen. Correct. Correct. Um, and um, I at a comic convention, I ran into someone who was a a data analyst, and I was like, I had it on his table, and I'm like, hey, I do that for a living as well. <laughs> um, and he was creating these infographics from different sci-fi and fantasy TV shows and novels and mm-hmm. things. Um, and he had one for Star Trek, and it was this um, infographic. It was a circle, and it showed um, every episode of the original series. And how each character was connected from what recurring characters were connected from one story to the next, how they progressed through those stories. Um, he had um, every time a red shirt died, um, it was just very detailed and things, you know, like things were connected. It was kind of strings here and there. Um, and then he had something for Discworld and he said, it's giving him the most problems of <laughs> anything he's done. And it was just like, 
a spaghetti thrown on this thing because (laughs) things are so connected. And then he's like, these five can be, (laughs) yes, exactly. He's like, these five stories can be read all on their own. They're not connected to anything else. But then in this one, it's connected to those five, but it's also connected to the tooth fairy. And (laughs) he was just going on. It was really interesting to hear him talk. But whenever whenever I talk with people who do, yeah, like kind of turn me off because of its weirdness and, and strange convolutedness. But they always speak of it with reverence and respect and admiration, too, that they, it's absolutely wonderful and incredible. So one day I'll, I'll probably get around to reading them. <laughs> um, there is, I don't know if you read um, John Scalzi's book, Red Shirts. No. <laughs> you might enjoy that. It's kind of a weird, uh, almost breaking the fourth wall type of thing where a guy realizes all the, he's a red shirt, and then he realizes all the red shirts keep dying. <laughs> and it's kind of a fun little play around with the whole idea of red shirts and stuff. 